are you now, are now listening, listening to, to The War Report Wednesday, Wednesday Night, night war, war, war Room, room. With your host, host C-Dub. It's your boy Caesar Walker. Well, I got my boys with me. Mike, Mike, G-G. Get your weight up. Strength and conditioning. Development. Ike Jones. Jones. Stop thinking with your emotions and watch the tape. And be real. Which is not normal for me. It's taking something out of me. Are you ready? Because we are now we are locked now and loaded, and loaded for, the for the Wednesday night war room. Let's go! War Eagle, Auburn family. War Eagle, War Report family. Happy hump day. Hope you guys are having a great week. Come on in here to this war room. Good to see you. We've been expecting you. Make sure you smash that like button, though. Make sure you drop a War Eagle in the comments. And if you're new here, if you're new here, please, please drop your city. Look, we want to know where you're listening to us from if you're new. And whatever you do, guys, you already know. Spread the word. Share our video. Please using hashtag get your weight up if you're on Facebook and the Twitter. You fellas doing good tonight? Yeah, man. It's Wednesday. Hump day. All right. Of course, there's the three of us. B. Will is out tonight, but it's the three of us going talking about uh talking about quarterbacks. And I'm pretty sure you guys are ready to discuss this, but you know we gotta stick with what's current. We gotta hit you with so so breaking news at this point. But the NCAA finally decides to get off its rear end and actually clear the athletes to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. Uh, the board of directors met and voted to clear players to profit and the new rules will allow them to profit by monetizing their social media accounts, signing autographs. Players can actually teach camps or, or profit off of giving lessons. Uh, if Tank wants to run an instructional running back camp, he could do that. They can start their own business if they want to. Uh, they can participate in advertising campaigns, which uh, their athletes already lining up for that right now. Players will be allowed to sign with agents and other representation to help them acquire endorsement deals starting on tomorrow. Uh, restrictions will vary, of course, until Congress gets in, 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 in place and pass something. Restrictions will vary based on state laws, policies created by individual schools. And for, for some states that don't have uh, these these laws, the schools will determine what those restrictions are. So this is a statement by our favorite NCAA president, uh, Mark Emmert. And he says, this is an important day for college athletes since they are all now able to take advantage of name, image, and likeness opportunities. With a variety of state laws Adopted across the country, we will continue to work with Congress to develop a solution that will provide clarity on a national level. The current environment, both legal and legislative, prevents us from providing a more permanent solution and the level of detail student athletes deserve. Blah, 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 blah. Mark <laughs> Emmett is full of it. Now, <laughs> right. I am happy. I mean, it's, 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 I'm happy for the athletes. Um, I think it's sad that it took it took midway through 2021 for this to become a reality for these kids. But nevertheless, I'm glad that people outside of the NCAA took measures to force their hand to make this decision. 
Uh, we've talked about this for the past few weeks and given our thoughts. Now that we're here, how do you guys feel about it? I'm going to start with you, right? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been an advocate of this for a while. Um, it's definitely, uh, it's something. It's a start, right? Like, I, I, I do wonder what's going to happen in those states who weren't proactive about trying to get um, some legislation passed. So how those schools are going to handle those situations and, and, um, and kind of how they can take advantage of or, or they're going to be disproportionately disadvantaged by this, right? So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I definitely think it's something that could have happened uh, a long time ago. And yeah, it is surprising to see the statement from the president of the NCAA who've, who's had the opportunity for a long time to pull the trigger on something like this um, and has balked at it to come out with this glowing endorsement of it today. That's a little interesting for me, but hey, listen, it's, it's what, what, where we need to be with it, so let's make it happen. What you got, Mike G? Mark Embert, like you said, blah, 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 blah. I'm so happy. This is a big day for student athletes. It's a terrible day for you, Mark, because this is not what you wanted. <laughs> this is not what he wanted. So the, 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 the condescending insulting of our intelligence as if he actually wanted this to happen is bull. And you went to Congress and you got scolded and they're saying, and they told you we're doing your job because you failed to do this. I said it perfectly. He had plenty of time to address this, right? They address everything else. They're only doing it now because States are forcing their hand to address it. Right. Right. They're passing laws. And, and if they had any hopes of like trying to appeal this or whatever, the Supreme Court basically shut it down. Kind of took, you know, like yeah. they, they took it out of their hands last week with their ruling. So it's just like he had he has absolutely nowhere to go except for hat in hand. Yeah, man. Listen, the hell with him. Listen, I, he, <laughs> he uh, this is our student athletes have des- deserved better for a long time. You know, and having been friends with so many of them during my time at Auburn, I'm just telling you, like, athletes. A, yeah, these rules would have helped a lot of people when we were in school. They had time. They had time. I think about family situations. I think about all kinds of situations, perilous situations that would have been helped by these rules. But it didn't matter to him because they were making the money that they wanted to make. And this potentially takes a chunk out of their pocket because all those corporate dollars that used to funnel straight to them now can go directly to athletes. Right. Right. So, like, I, I mean, it's it rings hollow for me. I hate when people insult our intelligence, man. Just just don't pretend. I mean, you know, hey, man, we're, we're you know, we're, we're here. Just say just go up there and say, hey, we, we're here. We passed this. We heard we heard we finally heard from, you know, our uh, institutions and from our athletes and from the states. And now we're moving forward with this. That's yeah. a be- that's a better statement. Well, well, listen. I I would I would challenge that I probably did a better job of reading that than he read it, because um, I'm pretty sure that did not come from the heart. He definitely mm-hmm. read that from a cue card. Mm-hmm. So I, I again, it's it's if it wasn't for outside forces, players still would not be able to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. So this yeah. this this was this was other people getting involved to do what was long. Overdue. Uh, do want to do want to ask you guys this. Uh, Stephen Nash is saying now that it's official, it's the Wild West. 
People are going to be offering more distractions than these athletes can possibly prepare for. I'm talking behind and on the main scene. Yeah, we've kind yeah. of addressed this, right? Every 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 single institution needs an NIL department. Yeah. And every yeah. student athlete needs to run through that. That's sure. going to cost them some money and some resources, but they have to let they have to regulate this at the institutional level. Right. There's no blanket rule that you're going to get that's going to the, the solve it, too. The, 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 the schools have to self-police. Yeah, yeah th- there's two things that come to mind when I think about this. Number one, um, you know, and I said this last time we were talking about this on the last show, that the, the schools that saw this coming and got out in front of it are going to be in the best position because they're already going to have things in motion. You know, thankfully, the state of Alabama... Um, you know, I get to say something positive about the state of Alabama um, in their um, the way they the things. Yeah. I mean, hey, listen, we, we love football. football here, right? It's college so, football. They're going to get it but, right um, with that. But thankfully, they got out ahead of this. And so now institutions in this state at least had the opportunity to start preparing the groundwork. But hopefully other schools in other states that didn't have the same sort of legislative backing were able to see the signposts and say, all right, let me go ahead and get my stuff together and figure out how we're going to maneuver in case this happens. Uh, so hopefully that's the case for them. That's number one. Number two, I'm thinking about poor Tennessee, who's up there that just got scolded by the NCAA. And now all of a sudden there's a legality that would have allowed them to do some of the things that they just got reprimanded for. Right. Um, and it, it, it ripped their entire college football program apart. Um, so thank you, Tennessee, for being ambitious and getting ahead of it in the wrong way um, because we were the uh, recipient of a great defensive lineman because of it. So, yeah. Um, thumbs up on both the kids. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, well, um, well, that's that. I mean, we did, we weren't going to stay there long. We just had to. That was breaking news. We wanted to uh, definitely address that before uh, we get into the fun stuff. All right. for Now for what everyone has, has come for. Uh, CBS. I mean, this, this is the time of year where these lists are coming around. And um, I must say, listen, we have in this offseason, we have been judged. We have been criticized for our lack of football knowledge because of our opinions of Bo Nix. Now some other people are starting to get in the mix and it's starting to get a little interesting. So CBS Sports released a... Was it was it over the weekend? I think you saw our last week, Mike. I you, saw you, last week, yeah. You referenced it on our last live, and I said, well, let's hold off. Let's talk about this now. And so they listed, they rated the the quarterbacks in college football, and they, they didn't rate every quarterback. They broke it off into a total of five tiers, okay? And so yeah. here are the, the tiers. Top 50 quarterbacks, I think, in the country. Top, top 50. And so... Bo Nix is in the top 50, but you may not like where in the top 50, okay? He's kind of like 45, all right? So here, here's a list of the top four tiers. And so you'll, you'll note there's some notable names. We'll break them down, but here's what the tiers look like. Tier one, you see a list of five quarterbacks. Tier two, is it's a, it's a bigger, bigger crowd of guys in that, and we'll break down who from the SEC there's some notable names in this list, though, that I do want to point out. Uh, mm-hmm. In tier two, you'll notice Malik Willis. Uh-huh. Mm. We'll talk about it. Mm. Um, sound familiar, anyone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell them about the gun line, boss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, another, I've heard of that guy before. 
another another quarterback that you may want to make note of is actually in tier three. That's Hank Bachmeyer. Mm-hmm. He is the quarterback for Boise State, whose uh-huh. former coach is at Auburn. So that's right. that's something interesting to note here. Now, if you notice in tier four, Clemson's uh, quarterback, DJ, I'm not going to attempt it. Uh, he's in tier four. Bryce Young's in tier four. We'll, we'll talk about the SEC quarterbacks, but I wanted you guys to see the top four tiers. Bo can Nix I, can is I in, one other name in tier four here? Go for it. Tyler Show, the guy who yeah. everybody was talking about whether or not you should go get yep. him out of Oregon, now playing at Texas Tech, is in tier four here. Yep. Had a right. very comparable career stat almost. Line. Yeah, yeah and, and the guy who's taking over for him is in tier three. Right. Yeah. At Oregon. Yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, um, I, I would just like to point out that the Gus Bus has a tier one QB according to this list. Yes. Which is notable because there are only five guys made that list of tier one QBs. And they think that Dylan Gabriel is tier one. One of the top five quarterbacks in, in the, the nation. country. So. Yeah. So yeah, so we moving moving on to the moving on to the next list. Here's a breakdown of the SEC quarterbacks. All right. This is according to 247 Sports. JT Daniels is in tier one. So they think very highly of him. He's a tier one quarterback, followed by Matt Corral of Ole Miss. Now, old Matt Corral is very talented, but was up and down at points last year. But he's a tier two quarterback nonetheless. Tier four is Bryce Young, Emory Jones, who's the heir apparent at Florida, uh, Connor uh, Bezalak at Mizzou, and Bo Nix. Now, they made some comments about, about the, the tier five QBs. Their explanation about the tier five QBs is these are guys who either there was question marks about their ceiling and where they are. Apparently, these are embattled starters, guys who've been starting for a while, who have had up and down results, who they're unsure about their ceiling and whether or not they can actually take that next step. Right. So the criticism of Bo Nix is in the, the explanation of Bo Nix is fair because We've talked about it. Bo Nix has been inconsistent being at Auburn. So I understand the rationale, but what I want to know from you guys, and let's get into it. We'll talk about some of the other quarterbacks because, my G, I know you got some thoughts. Let's just keep it to Bo right now. Okay. Okay. I will stay on Bo. Is this accurate? Or, Or is this a little harsh even for the war rapport? Bring bring up the national one again. Let's let's look at the national one again. We're going to talk about Bo Nix and are there quarterbacks on this list who Bo Nix is better than? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Regardless mm-hmm. of what tier he's in, is he better than any of the quarterbacks on this list? Now, I'm going to be honest and say I haven't seen a lot of these guys play, so I don't know. Yeah, anybody claiming to is lying to. You ain't seen all these guys um, play. Right. So, like, right. you tell me you know Levi Lewis and how well he's playing at uh, with the Raging Cajuns down there, then, you know, God bless you. You watch way more football than I do. Um, but the, but the, here's, here's the thing that frustrates me about lists like this is that you have 
guys like Bryce Young in tier four, he hasn't played a down of college football yet. So mm-hmm. how are you, pro- like, I get it, you're projecting based upon their ceiling, but he hasn't played a single snap in a game. Right. Not right. one. Right. 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 So how can you say that he's that good? At least the vast majority of these other people, you've at least seen them play. And let's bring up the other name that we just talked about, Tyler Show. You're telling me you think Tyler Show's a better quarterback than Bo Nix? How? Oh, I could make that argument. This one, I cannot. Yeah. Based upon what? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a small, it's a small sample size of stats on Show at Oregon last year, but um, the advanced statistics say that he's a more accurate quarterback. I can tell he's a more accurate quarterback. That's great. Being a more accurate quarterback does not automatically make you a better quarterback. It just doesn't. It doesn't automatically make you a better quarterback. It means you have the potential to be a good quarterback. But if you are accurate and still make bad decisions with the football, that's going to equal points going the other direction. Yeah, I don't know that he's much better than Bo, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not not arguing at all. I'm not. I'm not arguing that very strongly. Yeah, I think he's comparable. I think he's comparable. And the dude lost his job. To put him in a tier above Bo, though, is where I'm at. Like, okay, yeah. so like, if if Tyler shows a, is a is a tier four, why is Bo Nix not? Yeah, okay, so here's where I'm at about this. I'm bursting at the seams here, and so we're clear. Bo Nix has a tier one ceiling, for sure. He has a tier one ceiling. Well, he's we got tier see, five we, we results. To, we need to we need to see your you need to see we need to see your face when you say this. <laughs> say that. Repeat that again. Talk to people. Bonix okay. has a tier one ceiling, right? But he's got tier five results, which does not put him in tier five. Yeah, that's. I think. I think it's kind of ridiculous. Like yeah, again, I mean, I, yeah. don't, on, I don't know if he's better than any of the guys above him because I haven't seen all those guys right. play. Yeah. But, Tier I one know, ceiling. I mean, I don't think that you can actually say have seen Bo play and think that he doesn't have the ability, like the measurables, the arm, the athleticism. Now, whether he actually uses it or not is where our doubts have always lied. Whether he can harness that right. up here, right, to play the game at a high level is, has always been the story of Bo Nix. But I don't think that the average between tier one ceiling or, or talent and Tier five results puts you in tier five. Right. But that defies the law of averages. Yeah, so that, that's that, and, that's a great point. The law then, of averages says there's no way. way he's in tier five. Right. And then yeah, right. you went and right. you put guys who, again, Ike so astutely pointed out, have not played a snap of college football in a tier above him. Yeah, so it's, I it's, mean, it's a ridiculous. Point. I mean, listen, okay, I, so I would have accepted tier this. four. So let me ask you this I don't believe this. I'm just trying I'm trying to make sense of what we just saw. Do you think that he is there for that exact reason you just mentioned uh Mike is that a lot of people wanted him to be tier 1 so bad. And the fact that he hasn't played like it, you don't want to just leave him off the though. list. Yeah, 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 but oh, we that's, know that. Yeah, we yeah, know I get that, it. but I most get it. people most people just have a bird's eye view of the program and because he hasn't fared well, it has to be Bo. Right. But we know better than that. So what I'm saying is, is that we we remember the hype. We remember the hype when Bo got to Auburn. Right. We remember him being a legacy. Everyone loves a good story. He's been very inconsistent. And so because he hasn't lived up to that and he's going into year three, tier five. Could that be the logic there? Trash. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't agree, but I'm just saying, is that that the logic? Probably. I mean, there's some recency bias in there. I'm just saying it's trash logic. 
the, the if you if you've actually watched him play, there are there were there were a lot of systemic things that were happening to Bo as well too. First and foremost, the guy who went to UCF, right? The guy who has a QB currently in tier three mm-hmm. from Boise State. So you know there will be some improvement there. The system did not set Bo up for success, and then Bo was his own worst enemy in some ways. So I get it. I but but to me, what I'm having a problem with is the people who they put over Bo in the other tiers. Just admit that okay. this list about that. lacks any objectivity. You know, that's that's all I'm saying. How can you claim this is an objective list when, again, you're listing guys who never took a snap in college football over a guy who is one of the few quarterbacks to actually go out and win a game against Alabama? Right. And so right. Here, here's the problem five? with this list as, as well. Again, this is not me saying Bo Nix is a tier one quarterback because by no stretch of the imagination am I trying to make that kind of reach. What I am saying here is that Bo at least has played top tier competition for two years straight. And statistically, whether we're talking about completion percentages or not, how many yards he's been able to put up and that touchdown versus interceptions to to me, that allows you to take him at least up to tier four. I mean, like again, you can't put a kid that's not taking a single snap and tell me you think he's better than Bo. Like I that's just silly. Like, just come on. Let's be for real. Yeah, having not taking a, taken a snap, if you're going to rank QBs who have not played a game with QBs who have played lots of games, uh, I think there's a tier you can't, you shouldn't even be able to reach un- unless you've taken a snap right. in college football, right? So it's kind of right. like standardized testing, right? And you get so many points for just signing your name correctly at the top. Right. Bo signed his name correctly. So... I don't tier five, he would have to be complete and utter garbage to be tier five after two years and some of the games that he's won. Maybe not wholly because of him, but like I just don't, I don't, I have problems with this, man. I, I think that they're there, whoever wrote this lacks any objectivity in their life at all. Like let's let's examine this too. And I know we said we wanted to, uh, uh, Mike G and I talked about this. That's the only reason I'm bringing this up. How is it Bryce Young is better than Bo based upon what? Like, how do we know I, Bryce Young is better than Bo? I, yeah, I mean, I mean, again, all, all that is, is that that's bias. To, that's Bama bias. Right? right. Which I get. They've earned yeah. the ability to have the bias, bias as a right. team. Right. But how do you put Bryce Young in that position? And he hasn't played a snap. So let's just take that out of here for a second. OK, so great. Let's take Bo Nix out of that conversation. We're not going to even talk about Bo Nix. How is it that you've seen two quarterbacks from LSU play this year and neither of them are on this list? Bryce Young has not played a single snap. Right. And right. he's at tier four. Miles right. Brennan and is and not on this still list. Tell me on objectivity. Yeah. Miles Brennan didn't even make the list. Right. Look at what Max Johnson did at the end we'll of put it back LSU up. season. We'll put it back up right. here. Let's look at let's look at the SEC guys. I don't see a Miles Brennan here, right? Or even Max Johnson. Max Johnson, like I'm telling you're not you're telling me Miles Brennan was leading the SEC in passing yards and before he be, got hurt. And let's be real, Matt Corral is not tier two. I'm not putting him tier two. I'm putting him yeah. tier three, maybe. Uh, again, he's got he's got tier two talent ceiling, and yeah. he's got tier three or four results. So you're right. He's like a tier three quarterback. I just don't, I'm, t- I'm telling you these lists drive me insane. <laughs> they drive me so crazy. 
And I, I really feel like if you're if you're Bo, because he's going to be our quarterback to start the season, um, man, take this personally. For yeah. sure. Take yeah. this personally, man. Go out sure. and tier, tier five. I got your tier five right here. That's what you should say. And and go I, out. I, I said, I, I, you can't you can't sell me objectivity with this. Is this all I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. No, no objectivity there. Now, now listen, I, I my stance on Bo has not changed. At all. It's not changed. He is a an excellent athlete that has lacked excellent coaching and has less than excellent results right. to show for it. Right? Inconsistent play yields inconsistent results. And his teammates and his O-line and his wide receivers have suffered some from his inconsistencies. But there have been right. other things that he's that you know that have been uh, uh, affected him negatively as well too, and I think if you're going to judge a, you know the guy on this in this way, you have to take into account all those things that he's up against, right? Some of his results aren't on him. Right. Drop balls, poorly designed plays, you know, a porous O line, that doesn't automatically make him a tier five quarterback. You have to be able to judge him independently of the things that are outside of his control. Right. And I, that's what that's what I don't think that this list does. There are well, things. And what, well, they can't do that because that means you have to watch and be intimately involved with all the inner workings of each program as to what led to the production of those quarterbacks. They're not going to yeah. do that. It's just yeah, the eye because, test for them. Yeah. You, you have to factor out all the things that are outside of his control to truly judge a quarterback on his own merits. And there are ways to do that by looking at advanced statistics, by looking at adjusted completion percentage, by looking at under pressure statistics to see whether a quarterback is truly tier five or not. Yeah, Those stats exist. You cannot do with a player who has not played a single play. Exactly. My point. Right. Exactly. So, right. you know, if you now listen, Bryce Brown, two, this doesn't shock Bryce me Young. that they put no. him in Bryce Young. I'm sorry. They put him in tier four. Which doesn't shock me because 247 released a list where they rated him like the 16th highest recruit in the last 20 years. So they had bias toward this young man coming into this. I remember reading that list. And I mean, there are there were I mean, the names in front of him on that best recruits of the last two decades were like Julio Jones. And I mean, just an unbelievable like no bus. Right. Kyler Murray. Right, like, just there were no busts on that list, so they they already thought that he is going to. Be, there's no way this kid can fail. He can only fail up, as far as they're concerned. So I'm not shocked that they did that. But man, I'm telling you, but but when you if you're going to rate, they should have made they should have made a, a separate list for quarterbacks who haven't taken the snap. Yo, what's up? This your man Ike Jones with the War Report, and you've been listening to the War Report Wednesday Night War Room. If you want to get in on the conversation early, catch us as we broadcast this show live on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on YouTube. Make sure you check out our other content while you're there. Facts and all, the weekend tailgate, our player interview series, building rapport, going strong. All right, enough of that. Let's get back to the show. I got a great question here, guys. This is a shout out to Lawrence. Great question. Is JT Daniels still in tier one? If he played against Bama, you're mm. assuming that JT Daniels struggles on the road against what was it last year they played on the road against Bama? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Is he still that high up if he plays against Bama? I don't know if JT Daniels is that high up if he plays the full season. Right? Like, okay. He came in with a lot of hype and everybody was super high on him. Um, and he doesn't play the first couple of games because of whatever, right? And then he comes in later and everybody's like, oh, this is why we loved him so much. And, you know, he's going to be a difference maker. I just don't know. Again, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, there's so many unknowns with a guy who's taken so few snaps in the SEC that I can't get too high or too low on him. Like, he's just not anything. Like, I mean, if you would have judged it after week four, which is, I think, the last, I mean, you would have had to put, you know, one of the kid from Mississippi State was in there lighting it up the first week against LSU. He's a tier one quarterback. Right, right. Saw where he finished the season. On the bench. Right. So I'm just saying, like, is this small sample size crap, I mean, you uh, flashback, uh, shout out to uh, Chase H. He uh, tweeted at us this uh, wonderful memory. Hopefully Uzi's not in here. I'm about to mention the name that he doesn't like. Um, you take the small sample size of Jeremy Johnson the year before, and you and he's a tier one quarterback, right? He played right. one half of right. football really awesomely. Right. And now all of a sudden, everybody's got him in the Heisman hype, and he comes out the next year and lays an egg. Like all this... We haven't seen them play, but they've got to be awesome because they did good in high school. Crap is stupid. Yeah. Kyler Murray wasn't like, let's remember when Kyler Murray was at Texas A&M, he was just all right. He was just okay. It, it wasn't until he got no, to Oklahoma that no he one was saw the, that coming. The all-star athlete yeah. that never lost a game in high school stuff. Right. Right. It had to be in the right situation. So some of this is about situation. Bo Nick's situation has changed a lot in the last six months. True right. story. True story. Right. Yeah, is it? I mean, because, I mean, listen, Kyler Murray left, you know, an average QB coach situation and went to probably top three best situations you can go to in the country as a QB. Right. For sure. Right. right. For uh, sure. I mean, the only, only, the only other two schools I'm, I'm ranking up with Oklahoma in terms of QB development is Ohio State and Alabama at this point. Look, look yeah, this is, right. this is maybe, what I'm talking maybe about. Maybe Florida. Maybe like Florida. Clemson. And Florida, 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 Clemson. Yeah, I mean, listen, so this, they, this, this is the resume there. that they're putting JT Daniels tier one because he did so well against, against Mississippi State, Missouri. Come on. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, right. So we, this is something that I want to come back to midseason. Mark, like, mark this. Mark this. Well, well see, listen, we can, we can come back. See how these we guys are doing. We can come back after after week one because Clemson plays Georgia. And I want to see how those two quarterbacks who are on this list fare against each other. Yeah. I want to see how I, immediately you're going to know off the bat if, 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 if JT really is tier one or not. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I just I don't know, man. I, I'm looking at it and and JT Daniels tier one. I, I mean, I hope for Georgia's sake. I mean, that's where they've struggled. Yeah. Is is. You know, quarterback play. They got everything else. They got all the other pieces for a championship team except for a quarterback, really. Um, but uh, going back to our quarterback, to Bo's situation, you know, um, I don't think they were ruining quarterbacks at Texas A&M. I just think that clearly Oklahoma is a better situation for any quarterback. Right. They haven't been doing great. I'm not saying they were doing great with quarterbacks, but I, I can't. Yeah, I mean, I, no, they weren't ruining yeah, quarterbacks. Yeah, the issue certain. with Texas A&M was not they, they didn't even attempt to have balance. Right. And, you know, they they thought every quarterback was going to be freaking um, Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel. Yeah. 
you know, Kenny, Kenny, uh, somebody mentioned Kenny Hill in the comments. They thought he was going to be the next Johnny Manziel. Kenny then, Trill. <laughs> yeah. And, um, <laughs> Kenny Trill. Then had an amazing you had, game against South Carolina, and then you never to be heard from again. Wow. Yeah, and then you had Tyler come in. They thought he was going to be the next Johnny Manziel. It's like, yeah, yeah, Johnny Manziel was kind of a one-of-a-kind dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, But, like, just, I just, all, all this hype for people, again, Maybe Bryce Young is going to be amazing and they're right. But you can't tell me today you know that. Like, that's just, that's the BS that I'm not buying. Yeah, I can right. I can tell, I can buy if you think that he's going to finish, you know, tier three or four or wherever by the end of the season, I can buy that if you're projecting. But if you're telling me right now already he's a better quarterback than 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 some of the guys or just as good as, right? I would argue em- Emory Jones could make a case even for tier three based on the, uh, at least a little bit of sample size that we've seen of him play. And the who coach is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but you're, this, is, this list is a judgment of not just the quarterback, but the institutions that they play for. Yeah. That's really what, I mean, that's really what it is. Being at Florida gives Emory Jones a boost out of tier right. five. right. Right. Yo, being, so, at Clem- uh, being at Clemson gives that kid a boost. Yeah, it gives DJ a boost. Which I mean, not, he not played just that. well in yeah. the small little bits you saw against came, when he played in Notre Dame. He came in through he for 400 well. yards. <laughs> now, but yeah. let, let's, I, I made this comment when I think we were watching the game together. I was like, he can't throw the deep out, though, man. Oh, my God. Like, especially if it's to his left, he overthrew it. Like, he had like six of them. He overthrew five of them. He yeah. was, he looked like, to see uh, if he works on that, though. I, our, our number two quarterback in the, um, Payday game, who again I will I refuse to mention this name. So yeah. you can get mad at me if you want to, Shane. Okay, so, do it. so if this list is not only a judgment of the quarterback, but the institutions that they play for, I don't see how you don't give Bo a boost up to, to tier four or at for least having Brian Hart's new coach. Yeah. Yeah, because that, that guy who's, has who's responsible for having a QB already on said list. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah. Come on, yeah. dude. You know, yeah. uh, just be reasonable. But this is kind of where I like to be as an Auburn fan. You know, disrespected, you know, underappreciated, overlooked. We hope that holds until SEC play. That's right. how that's right. how I want LSU to feel about us going in the Baton Rouge. Right. So we can go in there and tap that and then come out with a W finally for the first time in 20 years. It's 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 gotta be if you're Bowman, you have to, you have to be. You know, if he's got the right mindset, you're either blocking all this noise out completely or you're channeling this. Right. Right. To go super Saiyan blue on these mofos when the season comes, because uh, uh, that's com- that's complete and utter disrespect. I mean, this should be locker room. This is locker room stuff. I mean, this is post oh, yeah, material sure. locker room, man. Like they think our quarterbacks are tier tier four. Okay, tier five. Okay, I mean, you you know who should be the absolute most motivated by this? Forget Bo Nix, right? You know who should be the absolutely most motivated by this? Is that the guys on their offensive line and the wide receivers? Yep, for sure. Look, hey, I'm flattening any dude that runs up in here, and we're gonna let you operate this year. Throw the ball my way, I got you, and we're gonna go out here, and we're we'll see at the end of the year what they say. Yeah, man. Yeah, listen. Tier five QB means all the guys you just mentioned are probably going to have a really crappy year. If he plays like a tier five, we get tier five results. That means none of those guys are going to do well. Right. 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 So, like, uh, I don't. uh, Tier five QB is the ball. Same old, same old with them. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. The tier five QBs can't get the ball to their receivers consistently, and their O-lines end up blocking for way longer than that should be necessary. And it's, the coaching staff we have right now does not coach that way. They don't. They're going to get the ball out of his hands right. mm-hmm. as early as they can, as humanly possible, as often as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And we're going to rely on our run game to neutralize everything else. Yeah, get right. it to the playmakers, run the ball down the throat, choke them out on defense. That's what I expect to see this year. And he and if he puts up modest numbers, we're going to win ball games. But yeah. I think a, an offense that is focused on making sure he gets it to playmakers more often. And be I've said this about B. Will talking about Bo Nix all the time. He's a streak shooter. He he completes a couple of those early. He just gets in rhythm and he's going to start picking defenses because he ha- but again the talent level is there. Right. Mm-hmm. He can do it talent wise. It's about whether or not he can string it together for four quarters over the course of multiple games. Yeah, yeah he could do it one or two games <laughs> in the season. But I'm, t- I'm talking about like five, six games into the, the year getting into SEC play on the road. Is he going to be able to do it? We'll see. Yeah. And I like I, and I like to see how they again, the strength of this offense is the running game. And, and I would love to see them doing some play action, bootleg, getting him out of the pocket where he's running, he's comfortable. Like I, I could see them playing to his strengths and not and not forcing him into a square peg into a round hole just to make him do what you want him to do. Play to his strengths. And I think you're you're gonna help him get comfortable, help him get into a rhythm because he's doing the things that not only you're asking him to do, but things that he's comfortable doing. And I think that will allow him to settle into the offense, gain some confidence in what he's doing. He can focus and be more productive as opposed to uh, the things that you would ask him to do that teams that, again, teams that already figured out this is what they're doing. They're lined up here. This is what they take it away and make Bo beat you knowing what he's doing. You don't know what he's doing this year. Yeah, for sure. Listen, here's what defenses are going to do to Bo Nix next year. Right, they're going to squat on routes. They're going to sit in in lanes because they they, they you're good, you're going to know that they're going to put an emphasis on getting the ball out of his hands quickly, and they're going to force him to hit them over the top. They're going to load the box. They're going to go. They're going to man up, and they're going to dare Bogue to make throws down the field. And his and whether he climbs out of tier five to tier three, even will be largely dependent on whether he can complete passes beyond 10 yards at, a, at about a 10 to 15% more clip than he was last year. Yeah. He was poor. He was poor beyond 10 yards. Yeah. Completely. He was inaccurate. I've, I've gone and I've kind of looked at that um, 10 yards and beyond statistic a little bit more. I, 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 I might want to, if I could get my hand, I think I have the footage from last year. If we can go, I'm, I might just go put a package together and we can look at his distance throws. The thing that sucks about a lot of those um, is, again, it was really poor design on plays and it was asking wide receivers to do stuff that I don't know that they were coached to do as far as winning routes or understanding their responsibility on stuff. That wasn't all just Bo being terribly inaccurate. Some of it was. Some of it was just like, hey, man, you've got to make that throw, right? Like, you can't overthrow Schwartz when he's got his guy beat by two yards. You can't, um, you know, airmail it to freaking uh, uh, stove, you know, on a 15-yard out route or wheel route. 
you know, you can't, you know, th- there are some throws where it's like, dude, you've got to have that one. But there was a lot of instances on those deep routes where he's trying to make something happen in situations where he likely shouldn't have even thrown that pass. Like, and that's a decision that, and this is, this is the thing that uh, I think drives Harson crazy. Like you hear them talk about just making good decisions at a quarterback position. You don't have to hit a home run every time, even if it's third down and it is get the first down or get off the field. Sometimes it's okay to fight and live, live for the next drive, right? We're going to just throw this ball away and we're going to go out here. We're going to punt it. We're going to give it back to our defense, right? It's just, we did not put our offense in positions to make good plays often. And both his, his statistics suffered because of that. Again, You've heard me say many times that does not <laughs> that does not abdicate him from having terrible pocket presence at a lot of times and bailing out of the pocket quickly or for him having poor, uh, you know, foundational just mechanics to deliver an accurate pass. But what it does say is that I think that if we get a put him in better situations, you're going to see a better ball player there. I, again, you, you can hear me say this right now. I don't think Bo Nix is a Heisman caliber quarterback. But I just, again, I, I don't know. I think they're being a little hard on him. You just, hey, just manage the game, right? Yeah. Just manage the game. Don't mismanage. Manage the game. I think he's capable right. of managing the offense. And I think that's all Auburn can ask him to do. So yeah. if he A-Day, can do that, go ahead. A-Day was a perfect example of how he needs to improve his downfield passing game. There were more than, there were, all the passes downfield were not, Good man, they were underthrown. He had a wide open. He had a touchdown to Malcolm Johnson underthrown. Yeah, that's it. That throw right there is a microcosm of what Bonix needs to big picture uh, do to get defenses to respect him downfield and take some pressure off this O line and boss and, and and make some space for these receivers. That's his role in this. When yeah. you get a big throw. And it's a, and it's a it's a it's a free throw. When you get a layup, make it right. Yeah, and that that's, that, that's a frustrating thing for me about Bo Nix. Yeah. that right there. Yeah, when he you get a layup, make it. blow the wide open layups, and he did that a little too often for my liking. Yeah, and somebody I think, said and something I, about the the throw at the end of the Georgia game, <laughs> like that. Just like it was, there's like three feet, and you missed the guy. Like I just don't understand those types of throws. But then again, it's the same guy who puts the ball on a laser to the back of the end zone against Bama his freshman year. Like, I just, I, how are these the same quarterback? It's the inconsistency that drives me crazy about Bo Nix. Yeah. And yeah. I'm kind of hoping that Harson can can actually settle him down times to where, because I think oftentimes he's gotten in his head being frustrated with the outcome of how things are going to where he can't focus on the things that are within his control, right? And I'm just hoping that you have a coach right. like Harson who can say, hey, hey, settle down. You may need to sit out a series, you know. Right. So I, I'm looking forward to see Harson be that coach because we didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. he's 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 got a. They've got a. You know, that's that that will be what everybody's gonna uh, have an eye on with Bo because, the, to, in my opinion, that's primarily why this coaching change got made anyway. Right. That's reason number one: quarterback play, inconsistency at quarterback. And we can't, I mean, these days, man, you cannot win a championship without an elite quarterback. You just can't look at, look at the last four or five, you know, uh, uh, champion champions. 
They've all had either Heisman quarterbacks, uh, Heisman uh, finalist quarterbacks, you know, guys who, you know, who were at least talked about for the Heisman. Those are those are the teams winning it all. Because offense rules the day now. So yeah. if you don't have a dynamic quarterback, it's going to be really hard to win a championship. The rest of your team has to be tight. You got to have a top five defense and really good skill positions and a solid O-line to have an average quarterback and win a championship these days. Right. Which was the Bama formula back in the day. Right. right. Julio Jones, Mark Ingram, top five defense. Greg McElroy is his <laughs> quarterback. Right. And you can win a championship that way. You know, you can't do that anymore. No, there are no Greg McElroy's winning championships in the last five or six years. No. Those guys all go on to play ball at the next level. I think everybody knew. I mean, he had his chance, but everybody knew Greg McElroy wasn't going to be some bomb NFL QB. No. You know, the Marks, the Mark Sanchez's, like those types who had a lot of success at the college level, but it was really because their defense and the skill positions around them were just so good. Right. So, I mean, for us to have an okay season, I don't think the rest of our team is there. I think the defense has that chance, but I don't think that our O-line is quite championship level enough to carry an average quarterback. Right. You know, I don't think our receivers are in that position right now either. They cannot be asked to care. Uh, you know, uh, uh, my favorite average quarterback of all time is Ken Dorsey. Average AF. But he had who catching the ball for him, like Kellen Winslow and Santana Moss. And he just had to throw the ball anywhere near within five yards of Santana Moss. And it was caught down all in Miami. World, all world defense. Oh, man. Listen, they, he lost two games as a starter. Yeah. And, and was not good enough to play ball at the next level. But back then, those types of teams could win championships. Okay, quarterback, he didn't, have a, he didn't have a great arm. He just had guys who would go up and get the ball if he got it near them. Frank Gore was his running back. I mean, like, they were just unstoppable. Not Frank Gore. Um, was Frank Gore? No, he was Florida. Who was the running no, back Gore, Miami? Gore, Gore was, no, Gore Gore was, was running back. Gore 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 Gore. Gore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank Gore, man, listen, that, that, that team was just stacked at skill positions, and they had a great defense. So, you know, when I'm looking back on that, I'm just thinking that day of college football is gone. And credit, I mean, Brian hates when I say it, but credit to Nick Saban, man. He, he recognized it after they won a championship and went out and hired Lane Kiffin because he was sensing that that shift was coming. We now have Willis to be McGahee, Willis McGahee. Willis McGahee. Willis McGahee. Yeah, that's what I was thinking yeah. about. Yeah, I mean, and he went on. I mean, he was obviously had a decent pro career, but like... um. Uh, Terrible injury, though. Oh, man. Awful yeah. injury. Yeah. But when you, again, looking at what those teams did, that stopped around 2012. That's when all that stopped. And then we have started seeing these dynamic quarterbacks come out. Think of the quarterbacks we've seen since 2012. Yeah. And the only way it works the other way around, where you have a dynamic quarterback carry a whole squad of average people, like Cam Newton did, in 2010, yo, I mean, th those are one-offs. That rarely happens. Right. So, you know, I, Bo's not Cam Newton. And, and, and unfortunately, because of the, the way the last co the coach, King staff, 
coached skill positions. We don't have the skill positions to carry him. Everybody's got to carry a little bit of the weight. So, you know, it's why Clemson can throw their true freshman quarterback in for a couple games for their their hurt Heisman winner. Right. Because they've got everything around him is solid. He just has to go in and do okay. And he did a little better than that. Right. So they've got they've got some work to do around it. And, 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 and so bring it full circle back to this list. Right. I think this list is an indictment as well to him being tier five is an indictment of the skill positions around him. It's not him. This is this him being a tier five is not just about him. It's the system. It was a system yeah. that he was he, yeah. he, he, he was a all byproduct of, of a failed system. That's yeah, all really of what it. it is. Yeah. All of it. All these guys on offense go to me work. Even Tank, man, and a proper system, what would he have done last year? Thank you for listening to the War Report Podcast. You can support us by visiting our merchandise store. You can find links to the merchandise store on Facebook and the About section on our YouTube channel. If you would like access to more premium content, visit us on YouTube and click join to become an insider. War Eagle, and now back to more of the show. Do you, do you think that with once we get the development going, do you do you see us getting to where we're getting uh, beyond uh, game managers as quarterbacks, or are we gonna? Do you see Harson going for that dynamic QB that can be more than a game manager? Do Do you see us heading in that direction? I mean, it's kind of early to tell, but just when I look at what he's done in the past, he he's worked with that type of QB it seems. Yeah, honestly, and you know, unfortunately, I'm going to I'm going to keep it honest with you based upon what we've seen from both him and Bobo, I don't know that that's a guy that he's going to tout very highly. Like yeah. I think he's going to want someone who just come in, don't make mistakes, run the system. Um, yeah. So I, I don't I don't know that we're going to be looking at. I mean, hopefully he's going to have for the first time in his career, he's going to have a shot at that guy more legitimately. Right. Like we can talk about whether he's got an eye for that talent, you know, based upon the two guys that got picked so highly in the NFL draft that he was recruiting at Boise. Um, Sure. But I I don't know if if the system that they want to run is going to be tantalizing to that kind of quarterback. A lot of it's just going to honestly depend upon what we look like this year in the system. Mm -hmm. If this year we come out there and we're able to do that, um, win ball games, and even despite the quarterback, but just like look at you know the same kind of thing that we're having the Josh Pate conversation about. Hey, look at this throw right here. You can make this throw, or look at this catch right here that you would have been able to do this and this and that and get those types of athletes possibly. Um, but they in their careers thus far, I haven't seen a dynamic quarterback come out of them. They've all been okay game manager types. Um, yeah. So like that's likely what we're going to continue to see unless. Uh, you know, again, Bo Nix, freak athlete, right? So if he can just make Davis. the decent throws and then just go out there and do something amazing on the plays when it breaks down, then maybe you have a shot at that. And, and yeah. they uh, that that lets you know that, hey, a Demetrius Davis type of quarterback can work well in my offensive system. Yeah. I just have never seen that athletic kind of guy who can also make the throws right. work well here. Maybe. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. Well, from... WFXX Fox, but to be unbiased, it's still possible that Bo Nix got adequate coaching and still played subpar. 
very possible that he got adequate coaching and still played so far. My my point in all of the Bo Lawrence Robinson is, would disagree with that, but yeah, I disagree. <laughs> my, my my point with the Bo Nick stuff is you're you you are putting him in poor situations and expecting him to do Superman things, and he's not Superman. Stop yeah. expecting him to be Superman. Let him go out here and be Clark Kent, and he'll be successful as Clark Kent. And every now and then, he might do something amazing that'll make you go, oh, wow, maybe he could be Superman. But don't put him in the situation where he has to be Superman over and over and over right. again. That's not a winning formula for Bo Nix. If you do that, you're going to see his completion percentages go up just because you're giving him more easy throws. He's not having to go out here and run around for four seconds while somebody figures out if they can get open downfield. He's not going out here having to throw the ball 40 times in a ball game to make sure that we can stay in the game because you're inexplicably your offensive strategy for that game was to throw the ball a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. Don't put him in those situations. You won't get the same results that you've been getting typically. Now, that's not saying he's going to miraculously become freaking Joe Montana or, or Tom Brady with laser uh, on point accuracy, he's not going to transform into Dan Marino. Right. But he is going to be a more efficient quarterback because you're putting him in better situations. That's all I'm saying. Put him in better situations. Yeah. Then we'll see what he can actually do. Yeah. Or sit him down. Right. Like that's the only thing I've been advocating for for the past two years. If this is what you've got on the field and he can't do better than this in the situations you're putting him in sit him down and put somebody else in the ball. Yeah, I think that TJ Finley coming in all but guarantees that if he is ineffective, we will actually see the backup. Yeah. Right? Agreed. That's what bringing in TJ Finley. They guarantee themselves a backup that they could consider playing without ruining his confidence or whatever. Right. You know, um, because they, they're going to handle Davis with kid gloves for now, you know, just to get him ready as the heir apparent. Right. I think that's it. I still think he's the best talent in that room. So um, it's not it's not a bad thing that they're doing, but this this does guarantee that they will at least have a serviceable backup that they can turn to as they come, should. Yeah, come season because we haven't had that. I mean, we one deep. You know, coach coach one deep went to UCF, right? He mm -hmm. recruited top nine talent, but all that talent was at the one deep, right? Right? If you know, if there was nowhere that we were truly deep on offense under Gus. I had a UCF fan argue with me on Twitter about some foolishness. And I'm just like, listen, man, like there's a reason we pay $21 million to bouncing mm -hmm. primarily because of quarterback development. Right. If he were better with quarterbacks, we wouldn't be sitting here arguing about a five-star QB in tier five going into his third year. Right. Meanwhile, he inherited a tier, tier one QB where he's at. He had no hand in that. Yeah. That guy's at Tennessee. So, I mean, uh, you know, Bo, I, I, I hope whoever starts succeeds. I hope we're not playing the quarterback shuffle come week six. I really, I really don't. And, or, you know what? Here's what be, would be nice. Maybe we start the season 4-0 and and our coaches still feel like we made 4-0 by the grace of God. So if you do not improve, despite the W, we still got to pull you. That's coaching. You don't wait until the house starts falling down to make a change. 
So I I want to see that. I want to see that from Harson too. I want to see what if Bo's just okay. Not great, not bad, but we could do better offensively. Right. Will they pull the plug and make the switch? Right. Yeah, because I just I don't think this year there's going to be a ton of excuses. Like we can say the offensive line is just all right. Okay, great. I think they're going to scheme around that. Yeah. We can say the wide receivers aren't, you know, Heisman Trophy candidate guys. All right. I think that they're going to scheme around that. Mm-hmm. Then what? But but again, like the locker room, who has that locker room? Who's leading the who's leading that team? There's going to be some other things again. We cannot see what we saw on the sideline last year. Those days are over. Yeah. Carson does not look like he will tolerate that for one second. No, man, he's not yeah. playing games. He's not playing with that. So if and, if, and I, I honestly think that Bo is already on a short leash. Like yeah. he's just like, listen, put up or shut up or sit down. Yeah. Can I, yeah, I'll say, listen, we can't repeat all the things that get told to us, but I'm with Ike on this one. Based based on conversations, uh, I I just don't uh, he has no choice but to be the model student athlete. Because in anything else will not be tolerated under this coach, and particularly at the quarterback position. Because you have to set an example as a first year coach. Parson will not be walked over by any player. None. I don't care. You know, I mean, he, you are not. No player is bigger than the team or the institution. I think he's going to make sure that his players understand that. Yeah. You know, so Bo can be a fiery guy. Yeah, but direct that fire somewhere else. Yeah, yeah but, but <laughs> because it ain't, check it ain't not over here yeah. with the coaches or the other players. Bro. Mm-hmm. Check, check that, that disrespect at the door. Me. Yeah. Check that disrespect yeah. at the door. And then when the chips get down, if you watch the sideline the last two years, it's a lot of Bo sitting by himself. Tell me you guys have seen that. Comment yeah. section. Yeah. Nobody around him. And, and, and what we're used to seeing is QB messes up, players over there, keep your head up. You know, let's go. We'll get them next time. All right. Mistakes happen. Forget that. Get that out of your head. Or his guys mess up and he's over there rallying the troops. Right. I saw a little bit of that, but man, let me tell you, it just, I just don't think they, they're not here for the BS and you're going to have to be the model, model teammate. I'm not saying that he's not. I'm just saying that I saw some things last year that looked a little questionable in that department. Right. But again, uh, your attitude reflects leadership. If you have a head coach who, who is a leader of, of young men, you're going to fall in line. Mm, I hope so. I mean, that, that's his or that's his rep. or 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 have a seat. No, yeah. yeah, that's Harson's rep, though. Yeah, that's that's his rep. That's what he carries in with him. And these the, a lot of coaches livelihoods. It's funny, you know, after we made the switch, we're trying to quantify, you know, a head coach getting fired. It's not just one guy. It wasn't just Gus. Right. A lot of people's families lives changed dramatically. Because of the job that he did. Yeah. You know, every coach carries that weight. It's not just me. It's the staff that I've asked to pick up their lives and move here to do a job for me. So, you know, uh, and all the players job is to go in there, man, and just do what your coach is asking you to do. You'll practice hard, try hard, you know, or have a seat. So somebody who can do better will do better. And the team can prosper and the coaches and keep their jobs. 
know, I, I would like, I would love in four years if we're talking about making Carson a top five paid coach in college football. In about four years. When we're reassessing the program, I hope what Alan Green is saying, we don't want to let this guy go. So let, let me let me ask you a question. I know we've got to get out of here soon. Mm-hmm. What do those four years need to look like for you for that conversation to be valid? I think by year three, we are seriously in contention for the SEC championship. I think there's, there has to be at least one SEC championship in there. You got to win one. He's got to get so one in the next four years. In the next four years, we need to have at least won the SEC championship, which in four years' time, that puts us in the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. He needs to win an SEC championship. I don't, I don't think you're, getting, you're not getting a raise without one. So let's say that's year four. What do the three years preceding need to look like? That's where you were going, Caesar. Yes. Yeah, just because okay. it, it, it matters how you win it in the first four years because the previous coach did that. In the first year, in the first in the first four years, he won a cha- he won SEC, SEC championship. What 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 is leading up to that point? Well, it's I like the, I like this walk um, answer right here. Two SEC appearance appearances win one. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, like um, the, so the consistency. So you yeah, so basically he's he's saying consistency. Two out of the four years, you went to the to the dance. Yeah, and you wanted one of them. But All I'm right? not I'm not putting I'm not putting. Uh, two SEC appearances. I'm not put because we play in, 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 in a. Um, I would say one SEC championship and at least one college football appearance in the playoff because you don't have to win the SEC to get there. Not, not in a 12 team playoff. True. Hell, we might be able to sneak three teams in there. Play good enough that you can look. They would look at. Think about last year. How many teams make a 12 team pay- playoff last year from the SEC? Right. I'm asking at least three or three, right? Texas A&M, Florida, sure. Alabama, all make that play. Maybe even Georgia. Georgia might have snuck in there, right? Yeah. So, in one of those years where you don't win the SEC, be one of those three or four teams that could make the playoff. Where the only argument really is they played a tough schedule. It was dog eat dog in the SEC, and they couldn't pull it out. Texas A&M's only blemish was Bama. Yeah. They got through the rest of that schedule and they beat the other team that arguably would have made the playoff from our conference that finished runner up in the SEC championship game. So a 12 team playoff changes the dynamic for Harson, right? It's, I don't think he easy to have to make the SEC two to, uh, the championship game two times because he could lose one game and still make the playoff and not make the SEC championship. And that would be considered to me. That's it. That's a, a, a marked improvement over what we were doing. So in order to do that, Auburn currently is in the middle of the conference right now. Mm-hmm. So in four years, Auburn should be what? Top three, top four of the conference, top three. That'd be top three. Be. Top three with it, with an SEC uh, championship appearance, playoff appearance, title, SEC title. Yeah. Okay. yeah. If you don't, yeah. if you don't make the SEC in that year, it's because the team that beat you went undefeated. Right. And that was the only loss on your record. That would be acceptable to me. Because again, the, the mark is not beating Bama, but unfortunately only one team from the West can go. Right. So if that's the game you're going to lose, I'd prefer it not be Bama. But it's most likely that that would be the game. Yeah. So and again, 
the conversation is not necessarily about whether or not Brian Harson stays on after four years. The conversation is whether or not he should be in contention for being a top five paid coach. Correct. Right. So the, so the standard has to be pretty high. Like what type of program should put you in the conversation to make you a coach that's being paid like a guy who, so let's just say it's a 14 playoff, right? Mm-hmm. For me, a guy who's getting paid top five needs to be knocking on the door of that 14 playoff. Every year, every year. Yeah, like what, like, yeah, yeah. Every year, yeah, you need to be knocking on the door of the playoff because the guys who are top paid, top five paid are doing that, exactly that. I mean, that's that's all I'm saying. Those guys are consistently in the conversation for the playoff, whether they make it or not. Uh, You know, I hate Notre Dame, but their coach somehow keeps them in the conversation for the playoff enough to justify keeping them on. And 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 I don't know. I know every team is different, but if you can beat, if you have the discipline to beat a Bama, you should be getting blown out anywhere else. You may right. not win every other game, but you shouldn't be getting ran off the field. I agree. Right? I agree. Like, we, we, it, it should still be, you should still have a hard time playing us, even if you do manage to beat us. Like, Georgia mm. should be like, Man, I do not. I'm not looking yeah. forward to playing Auburn. Win or lose, I'm not looking for. If, if we're able to beat the Bamas of the world, everyone should be nervous about playing us. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be. A, it shouldn't be. Hey, we 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 got through the end of the season. Let's get let's muster everything we got that we should have been playing with all season long to beat Bama. No, that's how we prepare all week long, every week. Yeah. Yeah, listen, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there aren't a ton of seniors on this Auburn team, are there? Uh, I mean, not a ton. There's, I mean, there's, there's the a handful. Some along the with, line. Uh, yeah. Defense. You know, not any guys that we're expecting. <laughs> What's crazy is a lot of the guys who have the seniority are not guys that we're expecting to be high contributors. All right. Like, yeah. or there's transfers. Is McLean, like came McLean in. a senior? Yeah. I was like, told me McLean, I think, is a senior this okay. year. Um, um, the other linebacker, I, ke- I keep forgetting Tapo. his name. Not Papo, not Papo. He's not a senior. He's Wooten, a junior. Wooten. Yeah, he's a junior, but I'm trying to think who you're talking about. Wooten. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah. Wooten so, is. I mean, my, my point is, is, is that I think there's enough talent returning that I don't expect much of this team this year. I expect them to take some strides, but it's mostly procedural. It may not, it may not translate to wins and losses the way we want to in year one. Yeah. But by year two, uh, they got you have to be taking steps forward. People but are naming senior Smoke McCreary. Worm, Chandler Wooten. Mm, man, those are names, though, on defense. You know, by year two, we should be taking some steps forward, especially offensively. Especially offense, yeah. Right. For sure. Because um, sure. you're asking, like, what the, these next four years should look like with him. And then by year three, we're talking about you're in the contention for an SEC championship. You're knocking, you're not, you're, you're, your name at the end of the season is if they win this game, we're in. Right. And by year four, you got to have one, you know, and if you don't have one, you need some playoff appearances and you need something to balance it out. Because in 2023, if they go to a 12 team playoff, you got two years there in a four year period where you could possibly make a playoff without winning the SEC. I mean, you could take the easy route to the playoff, win all your games, lose to Bama, get in the playoff. Yeah. Yeah. If if Bama is undefeated, or only has one loss and it's a tiebreaker. Yeah, Bama would go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you don't have to even win the. You don't have to play an SEC championship game. They got another game to play. 
you're likely in, you're tilling. It's almost like an automatic bid. It may not be a high seed, but they'd have a hard time not putting that team in as an at-large. Yeah. Texas A&M is my example of that. They're an easy at-large pick if we had a 12-team playoff last year. So that's what Harkins so do. Upset, though, to go undefeated and our only loss in the regular season was to Bama. I was yeah. so pissed off that game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> so look, mad that game. But, but you get in, the, you, you know, you get in a playoff after something like that, and then you make a run. Maybe you don't win at all, but you win a couple games. Yeah, make it to the semifinals or something. And that, to me, that's the kind of thing that would warrant. Hey, we need to keep this guy. Let's extend. Him. Yeah, you know, because he's knocking at the door, and if that's the kind of guy, if we give him just one more year, he's going to get it. Right. You know, a lot all those people who thought, well, Gus just needed one more year. No, nah, man, he ain't. It was time to move on. You know, and, and, and we didn't have we didn't have anything near those kind of results. Right. Well, again, it would, we would have a we would have a year like that where we get close and then it'll be it'll just be nothing for like two, three years, and then maybe another year. And so we just want I just want to see a little bit more consistency out of this new coaching staff. A lot more. Speaking of consistency, guys, please be sure to share our videos on social media and please use the hashtag get your weight up at us at the war rapport. If you're on Twitter, like and subscribe to us on YouTube. Please make sure you do that. As I said previously, you can find us at the war report on Twitter and Instagram. And we are TW Rapport on TikTok. That's it for now, but we will see you soon. But until then, as always, Warrior. Warrior.